You're listening to. And you're listening to the Collabcast, a podcast about pop culture and the creative life from an Asian American perspective. With the neighborhood kids up the road now Cornflower beauty swallowed by prairie ocean Coast to coastal cemetery and churchyard Solemn dead grass summer that year And hey everyone, welcome to the Collabcast for Monday, June the 5th, 2017 It's episode 123 or 2 It's 1, 2, 3 That's a lot of podcasts But it is 1, 2, 3 <laughs> Welcome to episode one, two, three. This is the only time this will ever happen because, well, we're going sequentially, so. Yes. Hi, guys. <laughs> That's Marvin, and I'm Minji. Was that your, um, who was that? That was the, the great white tees? Plain white tees. The great white tees. <laughs> All the whites are the same, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Marvin Yeah. <laughs> And I'm Minji Chang. And we're your host for this weekly look at Asian America and pop culture. And this week we're joined by a very special guest, comedian, musician, Kevin Yi. Hello. Hello. How are you? Good. Thanks for having Welcome me. Welcome to the show. You might have seen him on uh, such um, stage shows as Wicked. Yes. Yes. Mama Mia, Mary Poppins. Yes. I'm reading from your bio okay. right now. Oh, thank you. <laughs> He's also um, graced the stage of the Common Comedy Festival Musical Comedy Night that um, Minji and I helped produce, as well as Asian AF, the new UCB show that our friend Ro Choi produces at the Upright Citizen Brigade at Sunset. Yeah, I'll be on the next one. So come out, but it's sold out, so you can't get tickets. <laughs> Whatever. Follow us on Instagram. And you're also yeah. going to be at the New York show. Yes, I am. Yeah. I'll be Which, there. Are, are you? I'll be there. What are you doing there? I'm there for a wedding. Amazing. So I will also be at your show. All the Asians coming to support you in know. New York, you know. Which is also sold out, which is amazing. Like, Yeah, no one can selling, get Yeah, selling a show out in New York a month in advance is like a feat. So congrats to our friend Will. Yes. I know he listens to this episode, so. Yes, I will. Or he listens to this podcast, so. Will, have you heard all 123 <laughs> episodes? That's the question. <laughs> also, if you did, you have to tweet it because that's yeah? what Kevin and I yeah. are requesting now. Tweet gifs. Gifs. Gifs, gifs. 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 I think it's, it's gifs. gifs, but people like to I think the creator of the gifs actually established, he's the, like he said, it's gif. Really? And people need to like stop. Yeah. Them. Well, because <laughs> gif stands for graphical inter- yeah, interface. Like Format, I think. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Gr- it's graphics, not exactly. graphics. So all y'all, send all your angry tweets to Minjeezy with four E's, <laughs> not to Marvin Yeah, because yeah, I, my my soul I'm not can't handle it. Any angry tweets? <laughs> Stop throwing me under the bus. Um, but we're so happy to have you, Kevin. Thanks for uh, having me. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. yeah, and we were all together last night for Atsuko's wedding. It was so fun. Atsuko Katsuka, um, comedian extraordinaire. And bright shining light in the universe. Yeah, she got married last night. The love night. of her life, and the wedding really reflected that. I thought it yeah. was a shining light. It in was a, really in Los Angeles, a beacon of hope. Yes, um, the audience. The audience. It's not an audience. 
<laughs> is it an audience? <laughs> the, uh, we're not, it was an audience. The we kept on talking. The guest. We kept on talking. Like we have a we have our three minutes. So if you want us to go up and do a speech, we're all ready. No. <laughs> Basically, um, no. But the the group of people surprise that were there. It's open mic night at Oscar Woodin. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were doing clean sets up there. They were the, the dad and the um, <laughs> brother and yeah. It was very touching and and a diverse group of people is what I meant. The guests were a the diverse. Guests, the, group the audience of people. was super diverse, <laughs> and I love that. And then, um, uh, and I guess Ryan's family was from Texas or like Orlando or in Texas, and I felt like very they, southern, very southern. They felt like fish out of water a little bit, yeah. And I could tell that. But then we were all just like living our lives, so yeah. and they were living their lives. And it was we my enjoying. first like hip LA wedding because I've, so I've been to hip. a bunch of like yuppie weddings before, which is more like you know. I don't know. It's a different vibe than like the hip wedding. Well, this one yeah. had like a choreographed dance segment. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So we all knew this going in. Like Otsuko's wedding's not going to be lots more beards too. A lot of yeah. beards. A lot, a lot of, beards, of yeah. Colorful yeah. Um, outfits, which were amazing. <laughs> yeah, your outfit was oh. fierce. You had like a Thank nice you. little draping red number, right? Or like fuchsia, 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 <laughs> fuchsia. But then you had like the the sexy chain going. Everyone on. was wondering about your harness necklace. It's a yeah. body necklace thingy. Like, no, it was yeah. a harness. It was a harness. Okay, so it was well. like a S and M thing. <laughs> Um, the guys were all in bow ties, which I guess is the new thing, which I thought was very hipstery too. I'm like a soul behind the times. So I was in my skinny tie. Cause you <laughs> look great. You, 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 look, you great. look so sleek. You and Christine, very did handsome. you see? They were like in yeah. black and red ensembles. Yeah. So yeah. She's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. She is. <laughs> Double stamps of approval. Yes. <laughs> we love Christine. Uh, we're going to talk more with Kevin about his, uh, life as a performer, creative, cool dude. Oh, um, wow. After the break, uh, but first, let's get into our first segment, which is our round table, where we go on, go around the table and talk about what's on our mind in the world of pop culture and Asian America. So this week, let's start with Minji. I have a feeling I know what she's going to talk about. Wonder Woman. Oh, <laughs> I have not seen it. Have you seen it? Oh, yes. You see, I've seen. I it. had yeah. friends who wanted to like. We're not going to spoil it, but yeah. we will say that it was pretty awesome. It was a really, really. Um, DC movies like the Batman movies have always been really like slow and kind of dark, and this one was like just a lot of fun. Batman vs Superman yeah. was oh, awful. The, yeah, that was that was really bad. <laughs> that was really bad. I saw it in IMAX too, but it oh wasn't no, like, you spent extra yeah. money. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't the IMAX that you think. It's not like the nice screen. It was like the IMAX that's like oh, oh wow. wow, the old school dome. I was like touring in the middle of America somewhere and it was like oh IMAX but it was the ones that's like a planetarium <laughs> so you had to like look up and it was just like distorted so it was also so boring but distorted anyways. garbage yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what do you think about the whole Wonder Woman like because everybody's talking about how it's breaking box office records but they keep on saying for a woman mo- woman's movie yeah. with yeah. a woman's director and I'm like okay but I, n- I get that we still have to say that but can we yeah. just I mean, see it successful? I think we have to say that too because that's how we that's how we push the message to the you know the Hollywood overlords that mm-hmm. like yeah th- a woman did this and she did it so well. Yeah. And actually I didn't know that going in. I didn't know it until the very end and it says directed by Patty Jenkins. I'm like, Shut up. <laughs> so you, you, yeah. you you went straight on just like oh it's a it's a new superhero movie with 
So essentially, I, I I wanted to make sure I went opening weekend because I don't. A lot of times, I actually avoid opening weekends just because like it's a mess. You know what I mean? And I don't mm. want to deal with lines and all that stuff. And there were friends who were like, "Okay, we can go next weekend," or like because it was just sold out and we weren't finding any. Oh, yeah. So I was like, "All right." It was yeah. I, we we got tickets for our screening. The day before, and it was already half sold out. Right, like at 10 p.m. Oh, on yeah. Sunday, yeah, or Saturday. Saturday. So yeah. I wanted oh. to contribute to the opening weekend numbers. That's why I made it a big deal. And the thing is, like, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I knew it was cerebrally, but emotionally, I wasn't there. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, I was like, this is important. I need to go. But then when I got there and I was, I took myself on a date. I bought myself popcorn and candy. It's freaking yes. expensive. What the hell? <laughs> but um, mm. I had the reclining chair and I just kind of had this night to myself. And I'm really glad I went alone because it turned into this like event for me. Seeing a woman <laughs> superhero, having it direct. There was this su- very subtle nuance to it that when I found out it was directed by a woman, I was like, Oh. Right, we were talking about this because, like, I I think I didn't notice it as much as you and, and my girlfriend did. Where there was like certain scenes or certain ways that things were portrayed that was I just different. loved it. Like, I wasn't just, like yeah, but the, I wasn't conscious of it when I watched it. But when I saw it at the end, it kind of made sense. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm I'm trying to like feed stuff and people are like, well, how is it different? I don't want people to watch no but way. you can tell the difference like when the, when the voice is authentic and that's yeah. the problem yes. with Hollywood is that we don't have yes. authentic voices it felt writing real for, like, like I connected to it for, and I was like yeah. and it was really powerful imagery to see this woman and I thought the story was told really well um, to see from a woman's point of view being a superhero the whole thing takes place in World War 2 it's her origin story World War 1 oh it's World War 1 yeah my bad sorry um <laughs> That's how historically you weren't even paying attention. I know I wasn't. I was like, they were taken away by the woman. They were finding the Kaiser, not Hitler. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, that's why I was like, how come? Okay, anyway, (laughs) did you feel the audience was different though? Like, do you feel like there was a collective like enjoyment within the audience? Because sometimes I feel that when it's like you know an Asian interesting, like when the comedy comedy festival and it's like the or Asian is fucking, it's like the entire audience is Asian and there's actually seeing Asian people talk about being Asian. Yeah. And just the audience is like together. Yeah. They're there. There was, but there was a lot. And the great thing is that there was a lot of men in the audience. It was very like people on dates and like I was sitting next to three guys um, and they're just there to see a superhero movie. Yeah, and I thought the humor was done well. People laughed together. You know, that's it's just a great feeling, and it's mm-hmm. just about the story. It's about this superhero story, and um, I know there's all this controversy about yeah, it's it's a woman superhero by a woman director. But I agree with Marvin that we need to call that out for what it is yeah. because like right. the comedian, the, there was a female, the oh, see a woman comedian mm-hmm. who was just like, well, you know, nobody called it out when Batman and Superman, Batman versus Superman sucked, and been like, okay, well that's it for man movies i guess right. we're not making those anymore yeah you know it's like that's mm-hmm. the world we're in currently because there's this thing where like you see this outlier led project do gangbusters and then it's written off as a fluke like yeah. there's no way right. it could happen that was again. an anomaly i don't know yeah. how that happened mm. it was just because blah 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 <laughs> but there's also other controversy with this movie besides the the female element which is like taking away the americanness of wonder woman because she was all about america and the u.s way and like well I, she was always like 
an Amazon princess from like a magical fairyland. So then I was like, understanding your story, how mm. is it all about the US? I didn't read the comments. Well, that's the that's the the Fox News kind of angle <laughs> where they, they they had to find something Good. wrong so with the, it. So yeah. it was like, oh, it's yeah. it's less American because she didn't have stars on her stars dress. and stripes and stuff. On well, her she dress. is an American. The actress is an American. Yeah, she's um, Israeli. Like, I don't think um, they're hiding it, right? No, they no, they're not it? hiding yeah. it. Um, I mean, that's a source of another kind of controversy from the characters: the fact that the actress herself is Israeli and is Israeli. Defense Force, which gets into the, the politics of the Gaza Strip and all that stuff, which is also another. Yeah, they were trying to do, like there was people that were boycotting it, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. because yeah. of the actress. So yeah. it, it comes back to also this thing where it's entertainment. How much do you separate the politics from it, and how much does, do the politics matter? I mean, the fact that it's a woman helmed, woman led superhero movie that did awesome isn't in itself also a political statement. Right. And like, how yeah. much right. do you like? Well, because it's it, 2017 it, and everything is like an outrage <laughs> cycle. If it's not in the outrage cycle, then it's not successful and it's not... you're not getting clicks. You're not getting clicks. Yeah. You're not getting likes. But it is just... I guess when I was... And I, I agree with your point because I think that is, it is important like for Asian Americans too to be like an Asian-led show or da-da-da-da. Right. But it just sounds so condescending. Yeah, When I read it in like BuzzFeed, it's like first like woman like a hundred million i'm like yes woman yes we know but we're minorities so we know that minorities have power and can create things that are amazing like, no way but when other Who people are like yeah. yeah when other people are like oh let's write an article about that i'm like we knew this already well i mean that's the know? thing though like but because of the world we live in we kind of have to toot our horn right, right? When, right. when these wins happen you have to like mark how like Spell out like word by word how why, and why it's such important. Such a significant win. So, I, and for this one, I completely feel you. And being a minority of minorities, I'm right. Asian female. Yeah. But like um, having experienced that, I'm going to take this win with like like giant yes. flags and rainbows <laughs> and unicorns because. Yeah. Like, I can't tell you, I was not ready for it because, again, you get inundated with a certain image and expectation so that you don't know what you're going to get yourself into until you experience it. And watching the Amazon women fucking (laughs) roll up on their horses in, like, these powerful, like... yeah. I was just I got emotional and I was like whoa what like, why and it's Robin Wright Robin Wright God um, Mrs. Underwood Queen <laughs> and it was just such a powerful image and I was like this is what a next generation of young women are gonna grow up this is gonna be their normal and I'm so happy because I'm in my 30s and I'm like this is the first time I got yeah. to see something like this yeah. ever so it was really powerful and I, I was not expecting to get so emotionally caught up but it was just which is great, really great. And I, I think that's worth that's worth telling that's worth kind of calling out and in terms of the whole like global politics thing about it i think um i feel like if anything at least this is bringing that up into the new cycle as well and people are, can learn about that and that that that's might not be overall like pure pure good thing but it's also like personally i think the win of having this movie doesn't doesn't like overshadow it but we can have both a conversation about the global politics and also celebrate the win of like right but are we having a that's my thing is like right now are we having conversations i feel like we're not i feel like we're in our own bubbles and like it isn't i i know that it's we like politically wise like this is getting into weird territory but it's (laughs) It's like i feel like we don't hear each other anymore so when this fight happens like people just go like well you know whatever that argument is with the woman and then you know we 
are trying to be open-minded, but I think it's our our side that's being open-minded, and we're just talking about these things. But anyways, that's yeah. No, and I think it happens in the slightest of ways because I actually I know that I have a very opinionated personality and then I come off a certain way but even on my Facebook for example I wrote a really gushing Facebook review by the way love Chris Pine he's just lovely he's dreamy oh my god and his character was it was just a great story anyway but like I wrote marry me Chris Pine at the end of this gushing thing is all about Gal Gadot and and um, Patty Jenkins and I said the future is female and I'm trying to like embrace that concept and then one of the people that uh, commented on that was like and then at the end I wrote marry me Chris Pine and he's like well as a future female why do you need to marry Chris Pine and I was like there's always one person (laughs) yeah and I was like because my future doesn't involve misandry like I'm not Mm -hmm. hating men because I'm celebrating women Mm -hmm. like and and then so some another guy responded to that and he's like wow I didn't even know that word so thank you first of all (laughs) and he's just like thank you for being very clear and intentional but like in little ways, I feel like it's sparking conversation. Even amongst, I would imagine my friends are like very in a certain mindset, but that's not true. We don't know how everybody we know stands on certain aspects. Right. And I know that there are a lot of men um, who have a lot of issues with the powerful woman imagery just because it's correlated with man hating. Right. Which, but what you said exactly, just because you like something doesn't mean you hate something I else. That's what I was trying to It's not yeah. correlated. It's, the, it's like this false correlation between, oh, being pro-women means being anti-men. Yeah, it's like this, like, I'm not anti-men. Like, there's this, there's this yeah. <laughs> Depending on the day. There's this Depending idea, like every, <laughs> every ideological argument needs to be like a zero-sum game. Like, yeah. In order for me to win, you have to lose. Instead of like, why can't we all just like win? Like, there's such exactly. a thing where everyone does better. Like, we talk about this in within the Asian American entertainment communities. Like, we will all be better off if we all help each other out. Yeah. We right. can only be better off. Yeah. I think. I've yeah. been Asian my entire life. <laughs> you, t- no you way. as well. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> but like, I've been into. I don't know when you guys got into entertainment, mm-hmm. but I've been doing it since I was like five or six. I've seen no change. I mean, I've seen like, yeah, we have fresh off the boat and these things, but yeah. like, I've seen individuals go through and like, but I this as a community, we're stronger together if we all like, you know, support each other's things, sell out our each other's shows, yeah. you know. And also be the best that we can be. We, yeah. can't, we can't be bad. We have <laughs> yeah. to be good. Yeah. You know, bring the goods. Yeah. Bring the goods. Support the goods. the goods. And like, yeah, we yeah. have to. I mean, the hope is that Wonder Woman um, will open the door to more, more, more women directors getting their shot at big blockbuster movies. More movies being helmed by like women of color, hopefully. Like people of color about their their stories their communities right yeah. right or so authentic thing. voices yeah yes. happen. authentic voices showing that authentic voices person. have market power yes right? and it's not that we can't and again it's just because we're saying that we want that to happen doesn't mean that straight white men can't yeah. also write those stories you still have but it's not always be there. Well, they'll always be we'll there we'll still love it and we will love it yeah, yeah. I not, love those things I love it too oh my gosh yeah, just but cast let's have, one of your many Chris's your Chris your Chris Pines your Chris Evans's your yeah. Chris Hemsworth's Which your Chris, Chris Pratt's I? I, I think I jumped from Hemsworth to Pine I thought you liked Pratt <laughs> um, and I love Pratt see there's two <laughs> I like Hemsworth I think <laughs> 
or Evans. Right. Mm, Pines, not so much for me. <laughs> I, I mean, he just won, comparatively. He, he won me over for Star Trek, which was a big feat because yes. I didn't, I wasn't into that. Mm. Chris Pine did that. So, you know. Yeah. Did you see him in, what was the movie? It wasn't he in Into the Woods and he I was, didn't watch he was that. singing. Oh, he was one of the Prince Charming he was, characters. He was yeah. kind of funny. He could sing. <laughs> which he's I, a funny guy. He's done like all these skits where he's ridiculous and. Yeah. You know who's surprisingly charming is Channing Tatum. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> not surprisingly, <laughs> he's just dreamy, um, and he can dance. Yeah, I mean, going off that topic, I guess um, what's been on my mind. We haven't talked about this yet, but is the um, they're making a TV series of Joyla Club. What? Right? Oh, I didn't read oh, the article. Yeah. Title. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Kevin's day. That's an Asian mine. writer. Yeah, I mean, well, Amy Tan. The, I, the book. The is book. Fun. Yeah, is we'll the see what happens. Yeah. The, um, the details are fuzzy about who's running the show. There's some rumors that might be Ellen DeGeneres or what? Ellen DeGeneres. To, I would accept or that. her her company, but they they put out casting notices for for amazing. the main characters. What? So well, they could all still play those roles. Yeah. From the movie, like, right? Hey, Tamlin, hey, Waverly. I know she's <laughs> like so young looking. Like they've Ming never Na aged. Wen looks like they look the yeah. same. Maybe she like aged five years or something since she filmed <laughs> yes. that like thirty years ago. How old is that movie? It's a while. Oh, yeah. It's been 20, a while. It's, been tw- it's like at least twenty years old. It was like the nineties, right? Yeah, yeah. That was when it was early nineties. Yeah, but mm-hmm. yeah, there's you know. So what I wanted to talk about also is just um, the Joy of the Club. Like I I, rem- I remember reading the book, hmm. and I remember not like. I, I didn't love it, it. You, you know. It. I, like, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't read the novel. Yeah, it was just really. I, I think um, the the Joliet Club that story be, about like how oh our parents don't understand us. There's a generational gap. It's just it's been told so many times and within like even Asian American art that like I'm kind of just tired of it. That's how you felt when you read it. Not when I read it, but like you know, like just thinking back about like what right. I felt was missing from from like yeah, I know I know what you're saying completely yeah. because of course I'm excited because here's the thing, Joylet Club is something that everybody knows mm-hmm. and it's like outside of our community too. Yeah. It's like you know, um, so it so it's marketable for whoever <laughs> is selling it because it's already there's a set market and everyone yeah. knows it. But yes, the same stories are being told and I, I had the same feeling once, like recently I went to go see a play, an Asian American play, and it was about um, immigration, uh, Chinese immigration mm-hmm. to America. And it was also about, uh, you know, like, and within that interspersed like Asian ghosts, Right. And it was a little bit, and I was sitting there going like, okay, but, I, and this is very marketable and it's sold out and the audience knows what they're getting into. And, you know, the audience is very mixed. It's not just Asian people, but it's also like palatable yeah. because that's what uh, the rest of America knows because of things like Joy Luck Club and yada, yada. Right. So it's like safe, it's a safe sell, but is this really pushing the narrative forward? And what about my story? I've never been represented. Mm-hmm. Nobody's ever talked about somebody like just born in, you know, well, yeah. I'm Canadian, but born in North, <laughs> born in North America yeah. that just yeah. has, that's not a part of the story. And what is that identity? And that's never been explored. We don't even really see that. We see that a little bit with Fresh Off the Boat. Mm-hmm. But then the other side of it is like, oh, just Asian, I'll support it. 
Right. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like right. we have to just get our faces out there. It kind of in the same way of like the like woman movies and stuff like that. We're just like just get it out there, just have it, and then the hope is eventually yeah. we'll be able to tell like other stories. I mean, <laughs> right? I hope we're at the point where where we can up. say it's Asian and good, so I'll support it. Right? And I don't know if we're yes. there yet because we're still grasping on the like the little projects we have where we're, we're prominent. But I think there are yeah. there are examples increasingly of like really great content, good stories, um, just things that are compelling that would be really universal and 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 riveting and yeah. cause emotions to stir and you know like. But yeah. is there examples of Asian led commercial successes that are Asian like completely Asian led? Not just not the star, no, yeah, like no. not just the stars, but like the people. Like we still need Ellen DeGeneres. Well, I don't even know if that's true, but like <laughs> we still need an Ellen DeGeneres to produce it because we can't. You know, we can't. It's. I think it's the same as um, Fresh Off the Boat wasn't written by an Asian American, right? I mean, the book was, but the showrunner is an Asian American. She is a m- minority too, but like, are we? Yeah. Can, are I, I, we self-sufficient I yet? I don't think so. I, I right. don't think we are. Like, the hard answer is a definite no. But I think, contextually speaking, I think th- not not to, like, not to, like, delusionally reassure myself, but we're a younger demographic in terms of, like, our existence in being Asian-American, in terms of having a strong grasp of language, nuance, filmmaking, all the different elements that need to combine to make a stellar project, not only behind the scenes and in front of the camera. But it's like, that's like, it's not an excuse, but it's just like, it takes time to build uh, a supply of artists mm. that are skilled, that are talented, that are raw enough to like go forth and like do this. But it's not to take away the urgency. I'm like, okay, so if we're seeing all these examples, that's why I'm like, in a way, it's the you have to kind of be grateful for all the lovely whitewashing that we're just getting one after another. <laughs> it is it's really like, interesting. It's building a really big sense of urgency. Yeah. Like, all right, then get up off your ass, take the plunge. It's going to be a risk. It's going to be hard, but you got it. Someone's got to do it. Yeah. So that, I think yeah. that's we're fighting hard. It's now. it's stoking the fire, which I think is really good. So I'm looking at the casting call right now, and it sounds like so. Ellen DeGeneres and world-renowned author Amy Tan want to invite the fans of the novel Jola Club to be part of the cultural discussion as research for a new television series. So it sounds like it's a TV series based on the Jola Club. Okay. Um, but it's set in the modern era. Yeah, because a lot yeah. of people are probably going, oh, Asians, well, that's a story, that's a new story. We have, we're not telling that story, you know. I'm not, I love Ellen DeGeneres, and yeah. she's a lesbian, so it's like she is a minority. So it's not like we're, <laughs> we're not, you know, talking bad about her, but I just think we're not, yeah, we're not there. You're right. Yeah. We're not yeah. there. And it's it's hard. But that's when, just to go back to like comedy, comedy fest, Asian as fuck, like that's an example of we can sell things out. We're marketable. Yeah. Asian as fuck is like the biggest show at UCB. I mean, tweet it, tweet it. You, <laughs> you're not tweet it. Don't tweet at me. Tweet, tweet it. That, don't tweet at me. Yeah. Really on Twitter. What is yours? Minge with Mingeezy. Mingeezy with, with four e's. Five e's. Five e's is, is with we'll send to someone else. Okay. Um, <laughs> but um, but I think that's like the sellout show at UCB right now. Yeah. It is. Because I mean, I I know there's house teams that sell out. There's not other shows that don't sell out, but that they sell out. There's a, a hunger for event. yeah for for this type of. Of, of content um, I guess my last thing on this topic is um, in terms of what you want to see or hope they kind of try to avoid in this new 
iteration, is there anything that comes to mind? Like for me, I, I'd like to have less emphasis on the tiger mom aspect of yeah. the Joy of the Club because I feel like that's just plays into like I want to see a different type of like well they there, there are different there are different ways that parents like mothers. mess up your their kids right, yes. right. there's a plethora yeah. so there's a buffet of ways yeah. that we have <laughs> indirectly been messed up but I think like for example my mom is incredibly loving and affectionate always told me I'm beautiful and hugged me and <laughs> gave me kisses and you know. So I, I never bought into the tiger, even though I know that they very much exist, and a lot of my friends' parents are like that. That'd be nice to like show really supportive parents, and not in some like you know crazy dreamlike way. It's like they really exist. There's a there's a lot of different yeah. kinds of people. I would like to see less ghosts. I just yeah. I hate. I don't know why that bothers me, but it's like it's like. It's like America's way of like including the cultural aspect is to be mm-hmm. like, well, in Asian tradition, the ghost of the grandmother comes and <laughs> well, it's also just bangs <laughs> pots, and and then it's a flashback, and then there's like a gong or something, yeah, and then a gong. I feel it's also like the the, uh, the East Asian like the our culture of guilt, right? Well, I get big on sets and and costume. Like, don't over Asian it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, no. a lot of you walk into an Asian ho- like an Asian American household in San Francisco. It's not all decked out in like. And we don't we don't like everywhere incense everywhere. And, like, we don't have like little alcohol. Yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. We also shop at IKEA and we also go to Bed Bath and Beyond. We're cheap, right? right? So we <laughs> go know? to IKEA now. <laughs> yeah, so that's a, you know if we're setting it in modern day, we're trying to make it real. Like I'm not. I get it. You're trying to convey a certain story, but. I've been in a lot of Chinese American households, man. They're not all like, you know, yeah. shrines to ancestors and stuff. Yeah. Like, if you walked into my mom's house, you wouldn't know. I mean, yeah. yeah. Except for the rug. We had our like, Korean stuff here and there, but it wasn't like, oh, you're in Seoul. Yeah, yeah. Um, anything on your mind, Kevin, before we break? Oh, no. No? Okay. <laughs> what should we talk about? Um, I think we're talking about everything. Hey, what is what is happening with those whitewashing situations? Because I know they're still releasing Death Note, which is to me the the worst of the well, worst. And I feel bad for that actor because he, he is about to get what yeah. Zach McGowan. Well, that's got. in the can, so I think it's it's it's, it's on done. its way out. So yeah. there's still Netflix. I think Netflix should abandon that because it it's. I feel bad for the actors now because. Right. I know that maybe it's kind of their fault for taking the role, but I'm an actor. I, I've taken roles that I, so, for money, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, yeah. with, with Death Note, I have, um, I'm willing to kind of, so there's a little benefit of the doubt because it is a adaptation from an anime. They, they did whitewash the characters, but I think they also moved the setting. So whereas Ghost in the Shell was still set in Tokyo, I think this is probably set right. in the States. And the lead detective character who was also recast as a different race is a black dude, which would be interesting. Um, I don't know. There's there's potential in it to being decent. My um, <laughs> tweet it at um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's your Twitter? <laughs> Marvin, yeah, yeah. <laughs> your anger tweets. I'm, at. <laughs> I'm less inclined to like condemn it until I see what what it is. Oh, Just because you're going to watch it, I'm, I might catch it. <laughs> um, well, you do have Netflix, and it's not like you're yeah, paying extra for it. I think yeah. it's. Um, I'm not going to watch. I think the problem, the, the the issue, my my main issue with this is that the showrunners are Asian American. As Masioka was one of the showrunners who uh, was hero in Heroes. And uh, who is who has a recurring role in Hawaii Five O, and they oh complex the reason yeah, so this was a big controversy a couple of weeks ago, um, and then um, the reason that he gave 
that they couldn't for not casting an Asian person was they couldn't find one that was that acted good enough. Lies. Lies. <laughs> lies, 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 lies. Go see Comedy Comedy Fest. Go see Asian as fuck. Yeah. That is lies, 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 lies. Well, yeah. okay, here's my... Lies. Comedy, yes, but acting, I still... Lies. I'm, I'm little, an actor, though, but I can do comedy and drama. You're you're an actress. You can do I comedy and I still, like, drama. I'm... And I'm trying to compete with Meryl, okay? And I'm not trying to be self-deprecating, but I still feel like we need... Like, you put... This is because I'm also casting for my own project too, and you're having a hard time finding. And I'm it. having, I need a guy to play my dad. And I'm just saying, numbers wise, even to cast a white male for my thing, mm-hmm. a white male twenty to, or thirty something. Let's just do a data analysis on just the white guy, okay? I got seventy two <laughs> submissions, which is great, and mine's like a, a no name project. There's no big name behind it. Seventy two right. submissions for this one role. Out of that, I thought twenty twenty one were like okay. Then I watched all their real stuff and then I was like oh no but like (laughs) I needed to be generous so I invited 18 of the 21 to actually come audition in person I was like okay this person I would like to see in person and out of the 18 seven actually responded out of the seven two showed up one emailed me that's for the white guy role okay so I'm like I'm just kind of and I'm not saying mine is like the the only base databases that I'm like Basing right, this because off of because what, what did but but like it wasn't a major net like it was network that that you're gonna get paid like I was paying people right but not but like it's not a major what is net- major yeah. what, like, like what would that role but in comparison for the Asian male role to play my father I'm just saying numbers wise two submissions two so right but I still say I still you think can find but you're not also I'm guessing your project isn't going out to agents right no. so a lot of the Asian American actors that are older would be an agent submission type situation right. and they're also going to know that they're going to get paid for something like Death Note like yeah. $30,000 right. $60,000 $100,000 for the project so that's like that's what they're going to be submitted for right. right so I understand like there's <clears throat> layers to this and I, and I don't want like I'm not trying to rag on Asian actors but I've been in a lot of classes where like I've seen great actors and I've also seen really bad ones right so like well that's what I was saying earlier it was like we have to you know support our community and stuff but we also have to be good right because I don't want to go see somebody's crappy show just because they're Asian and like feel like I should have to support them right and yeah. I think that's a conflict right now mm-hmm. right with a lot of the content we, we have no guarantee like okay and I don't it, know if this is gonna be it good. goes back to the right. commentary on Wonder Woman to like It'd be nice to get to the point where we can see a crappy Asian movie and know that there's another one right behind. Yeah, like you know? it's not going to stop the production of like another. Yeah, because yeah, everything's a test to see what Hollywood <laughs> wants. Is it going to be marketable? Is it going to yeah. work? And then if it works, oh, look, a woman's movie made $100 million. <laughs> we can make another one. Oh, Ghostbusters woman version. How dare, that. How dare yeah, they? Oh, and God. it bombed and now they can never do another you know, woman reboot. That's it for the woman movies. Yeah, forget that. Mm. (laughs) It's so upsetting. And on that note, uh, we're going to take a quick break before we come back and talk more about Kevin. Let's talk about Kevin. Yes. All right. Yes. Hey, everyone. It's Marvin. Thanks again for listening to this episode of The Clobcast. Um, the Clobcast, of course, is part of Collaboration, a national nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment. Discovering, developing, showcasing, and connecting the creative talents of the Asian American community in North America and beyond. Uh, you can find out more about Collaboration, our programs, and our other content by going to our website at www.collaboration.org. 
Uh, one last reminder for those of you in the Atlanta area, the Collaboration Movement is coming to you this Thursday. Uh, Collaboration Atlanta is taking place at the Owl 5 Theater. Tickets are on sale now at www.owl5atl.com. Doors open at 8.30 and the show is hosted by our very own Minji Chang. So again, if you're in the Atlanta, Georgia area and want to check out some of your local Asian American talent, um, please come on by. We have artists ranging from singer-songwriters to rappers to poets. So please come by and say hi. We always love to meet our supporters and our listeners. For more information on the show, check out Collaboration Atlanta's Facebook page. The Collabcast is also a part of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of podcasts featuring unique voices and stories from the Asian American community. You can check out our other great programs, all hosted by Asian Americans, by going to the website www.podcastpotluck.com. Every week, I like to highlight a fellow show from the collective, and this week, and this week's very exciting because we're launching a brand new show, the Korean Drama Podcast, by our friend Will Choi, a friend of the Collabcast, as well as the brainchild behind the Asian AF show at UCB. It's a really funny show about people watching Korean dramas who aren't necessarily fans of Korean dramas. Um, the podcast features Will Choi and guests as they rewatch a whole season of a classic Korean drama. This first season, they'll be watching the seminal Korean drama, Boys Over Flowers, along with co-hosts Phil Yu of Angry Asian Man and Phil's wife, Joanna. I've been helping edit the episodes to put up and they're really, really good. So I'm super excited for you all to take a listen. The first episode drops tomorrow and new episodes drop every Tuesday. So please check it out and subscribe at podcastpotluck.com. And on that note, uh, that's all the updates I have. So let's get you back to the show. And we're back. Welcome back to the Collabcast, episode one, two, three. Um, Four, five, six. Yes. <laughs> we are here talking with our guest, Kevin Yi. Hello. Welcome. Hi. Hi. Kevin again is... What's happening? An actor, musician, comedian, um, Known best known to me for his um, hilarious satire uh, music videos that he posts oh, on YouTube. Thank you. Yes, I do. Hilarious. Yeah, we yeah. first. I first met him at the um, Comedy Comedy Festival Musical Comedy Night, which yeah. we helped produce. Mm-hmm. Which was amazing. Yeah. I think so. So funny. <laughs> <laughs> but as you said, you've been acting. You've been in the entertainment business since you were a kid. Yeah, right? my first paying job was when I was six years old. Wow. What? It was actually in The King and I. Speaking of Asian interest. <laughs> and also, uh, The King was played by Rudolf Nureyev. Do you know who that is? Why does that sound familiar? He's a very famous Russian ballet dancer. Okay. Mm. Um, so, that, as I was saying, like, I'm used to, like, a lot of, like, whitewashing stuff. Yeah. And he, I don't think he even put on an Asian accent. He just had a Russian accent. He was the king of Siam. But he definitely <laughs> like had, that. like, eye make. like, there's pictures of him with yeah. like, just serious eye makeup going on. But Wait, so then you were six when you did The King and I, yeah. and then how did it progress? When, you stayed, so you're doing all this work in Canada then? Yeah, that was in Vancouver, um, and then I just continued. I was a ballet dancer actually during that time. So I was training to be a competitive ballet dancer, but then also doing musical theater here and there, <laughs> did some things, um, and then a little bit of film and TV, but nothing you would want to watch because <laughs> I was terrible. Hey. I was like one of those kids, like, because in, especially in ballet, they were like, smile bigger, you know, like in competition. Uh, so I didn't understand what acting was. So when it was like, oh, say this line, but like, be happy, I would just like, be, like, smile really big. And like, so there's some really. Really bad smile right now. Oh my gosh, it's so it's like cheesy. radiating through. That's great for like commercials for like a gushers commercial or something. Yeah, I never got a commercial as a kid. I don't think, but I got on some like weird dramas on like CBC <laughs> in Canada, and there's just me in the back like. 
looking crazy and smiling right into the camera because no one ever told me any different. Everything's um, amazing. Everything's great and like everyone's happy because musical theater often is that. Yeah. Sometimes it's not. Um, and then, yeah, I did a few other musicals as a kid. Uh, I did Joseph as the... There was like, do you know Joseph in the Amazing Technical Dreamcoat? There's like a choir. And so the star was actually Donny Osmond. Wow. <laughs> and I got into that choir and it was really cheesy. We did it for like three months in Vancouver. <laughs> and then I don't know what else. Oh, so then when I was 15, I moved to Los Angeles because I got a recording contract. Right. So I was in a boy band called Youth Asylum. I saw that in your oh, bio. I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah, I was in a boy band. I saw a picture. Uh, yeah, I had blonde hair, like white. Because Jet Lee was really and in it was like, just super in now. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you could totally do that. It's terrible, though. For Asian. Have you ever bleached your hair? No, my friend did, though. My bro- no, my brother didn't. His friends did. Did, but I like had the serious? spikes, but I didn't have the bleach. They oh, so you did the yeah. frosting? Situation. No, no, yeah, no. The frosted tips? I didn't. No, no. It was like oh, so I did the I did the gel. Like I did the oh. so oh, no dye, style, just okay, no, but no not, coloring. Not color. I never went that far. Okay, yeah. my parents would shake my head. Well, Asians are hard because <laughs> it would get like co- it gets copper. Yeah, it doesn't really get blonde. But then if you fry it long enough, like it gets to the copper, and then like you do another three hours, and then it gets white, and then my entire top scalp would come off. Oh, like in a day because it would be it would burn. It's Pain a chemical is beauty, burn. Y'all. <laughs> well, I don't think it was beautiful. No, I don't I'm know. Not, you can I'm take a look, a, but it was saying, terrible. <laughs> try to like find the silver lining to make it positive, <laughs> but I'm it's like, not at all. No, it was so painful. Um, yeah, beautiful. <laughs> I think so. Pain well, now freeze. that's why I, I put nothing in my hair. Yeah, because it's oh, natural. Oh, natural. Wait, so then your parents must have been like it comes always back to the parents with us <laughs> Asian creatives. But mm. it's like your parents were like down from the get go. Sounds like if you're in musicals doing your thing since you're like six yeah. years old. I well, mean, my mom my, was. My mom put me in musicals, but she never wanted that to be like what I do. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I don't really know. My mom's not a stage mom at all. Okay. So she, I think she just was like, you seem to enjoy it. Go with the world. Just do whatever. Yes. And, um, but my dad was not into it. But then he, <laughs> they, they're divorced and like, he's not in my life at all. Oh. And that's a big part of it is like, because he never really supported the performing aspect. Right. And especially like a male doing, a male agent doing ballet classes at five years old is like <laughs> no you're disowned honestly and like i've i've wanted to talk about all these things like really have like the parent episode oh, yeah. right. because it gets really there's so many ways that it, it all plays out and there's so many ways that we receive and interpret support and mm. and the whole deeper thing of like validation why it's such a it's the universal topic with all of the Asian creatives, whether you're in front or behind the camera. Of like, were they? How they? How'd you break it to them? Yeah, <laughs> because it's not a you know like a career in their eyes, right? And it's like it's it's not. And my my white acting teacher, uh-huh. like when I would say that, I was again not saying that it's not hard for other people who are not Asian. I'm saying it's a very very severe intense thing for Asian people. I don't know anyone else's experience, but he got mm. kind of defensive. He's like, "Well, no white parent wants their kid to be an actor either." And I was like, "I'm sure," but like, there's it's a, not I about feel, him. Yeah, it's a, you were having a conversation about yourself. <laughs> yeah. Why did he have to like get defensive? Yeah. Oh, that makes me mad. Anyways. Yeah, he wasn't trying <laughs> yeah. to be a dick, but yeah, I mean that's what he said. He was like, "Well." I mean, also, white parents don't want their kids to be okay, that but it's not like, about yeah. you. <laughs> like, where do you get it? I you mean, yeah, it. you're you're 
you're disregarding this whole entire extra layer of like the immigrant experience where like number one priority is stability yes. and like it goes down to like see this is what I want to talk about for like hours and hours it's like the Confucian foundation of mm-hmm. honor your parents and that you are literally an, another limb of them and like the extension of and like, even, honor even, and everything even the classism back in the old countries like performers weren't exactly like the most revered people oh no right? no yeah. my mom said i was being a prostitute so but she's <laughs> uh, tote supportive now i actually talked to her last night and cried but um uh, but no i mean that's, were you drunk i was the, not oh, okay. I'm, always, I'm always drunk from emotion oh, okay. my life. she doesn't okay. need alcohol or caffeine <laughs> yes for either of the effects no life makes you high <laughs> <laughs> no I, my dad is from hong kong like born in hong kong and my mom was born in canada so i think that was the difference okay. because my okay. mom although my mom's mom was like you know from China and from the old country, but but my dad was definitely the one that didn't understand. Mm-hmm. And you're right, it like um, I was an extension of him, and I was not doing what he wanted. So then it was like sever the ties, right? Mm. Right. You know that was the only way that I could continue. So I I feared that that's what my dad was going to do too. I thought you know it was like if I go my way, right? It's just. <laughs> Well, it's my way or the high, like. Okay, it's my way and the highway. Like, right, right, I have right. to. My parents might not speak to me ever again. Mm. Um, but is that I, the fact? Is no, that no, true? no. And but, but I know it, you talk to your mom, but my my parents are on board. My we have a great relationship, but it was definitely not easy, and it's mm-hmm. it took a long time, and I had to be very crafty about how I went. I didn't like. It's also I love my parents, and I didn't want to like whack them over the head with it. I like incrementally. <laughs> told them Mm -hmm. and I would joke about it at first and then I was like well I'm gonna do collaboration I'm gonna support artists and then like I was doing it in my own life on the side I was taking acting classes and I was starting to submit on SF casting by myself Mm -hmm. and it's just it came out very slowly and I kind of knew them and what would impress them or give them any semblance of like trust in that I'm making the right decision so you know it's like my first gig was for Intel I was doing like a industrial commercial and like that paid me a good chunk of money, which I think is like the beginner's luck thing, like the universe helping you when you finally decide this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. But like that was great ammunition. I was like, Mom, I got a job for Intel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. she's like, Oh, okay. So like, how much like, did you make? What? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I could do this how all the time. Make? Didn't get booked for another job for like a right. year. That's the truth okay. of, yeah, Hollywood. But, but you know. <laughs> But it was a good start. So but I mean, showing them strategy. that you can make money doing this is step one, I feel like. Yeah. Yes. But it's strategy. <clears throat> it's just knowing your parents and knowing like, and I'm just the black sheep that I always fought against my parents a little bit. The problem child. Because I'm like, <laughs> my mom has a word for me. I don't know what you guys get called, but like she used to call me Yokshin Jengi, which means like you're a very ambitious, but it has like a greedy connotation. Mm. You just oh. want everything. It's like one of those like mm. passive aggressive, like, oh, you're very, uh, you're a go getter. Yeah, mm. but it really has like an overtly negative connotation. <laughs> They're not trying to like be a euphemism. It's like, you're greedy. Like, you it's just like want, when you want too much. When my parents says, oh, you look strong, which really means like, oh, I'm fat. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you're very sturdy. Oh, that's, that's. I've never heard that. Deep. I'm yeah. like, you look strong. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, mm. Anyway, that turned to my story about my parents, but it's been a long journey. And I, that's why I love talking to people who are specific, like with acting, with musical theater, and honestly, with like this being pride, like I think it's really important, yes. like your satire with what you 
do your comedy about and mm-hmm. who you turn into your art is just it's I don't know. I I, I am a heterosexual, but mm-hmm. it's very liberating for me to like just see people be unapologetically themselves within a culture and within a society. And yes, we have this micro universe bubble, but yeah, it's our bubble, it's our reality. We don't see it that often. Right. Right? Like there's still so much inhibition. Well, and I think that's with art in general and Hollywood because I grew up in the world of you audition for the role, they're preset, they're they're mm-hmm. created for you. It's someone else's words, you're doing that and you have to do the best that you can do. And also cuz yes, I'm Asian. And also because I was a ballet dancer. So ballet dancing is all about like go to the bar do your plies for like hours and hours and hours and that's how you get better, right? Yeah. Which isn't so true in the comedy world. It's not about that. People go up with their notepads and they're like, I'm just going to try out the story that happened here. And I'm not saying that's bad because that's actually people's processes. Yeah. But for me, I grew up in a very like rigid kind of way of creating. And so I got to the point, so after the boy band, you know, again, did everything they told me to do, their songs, they made all the money. I walked out of it three years later in debt. I was just doing whatever they want. Major major record label. You know, it was like this. That's whole- like the dark side of every, like, every boy band story that wasn't, yes. like, in singer mm-hmm. Backstreet Boys. No, exactly. Yeah. You well, have to make... even then. Yeah, yeah you... Um, th- I think that they made an, like they got smart because they they fired their managers mm. like after their first album. I think both okay. NSYNC and Backstreet Boys, and yeah. then they started writing the music. That's how you oh. make money mm. is the, through writing, not right, so much right. because record labels. Anyways, I could go on forever <laughs> about the <laughs> music industry because right, when, when, when you play, so how I understand it's when you play music on the radio, it's the producer that gets the money. Yeah, and, and the and the songwriter and the songwriter. Yeah. yeah, it's not the artist necessarily. So basically. Short, long story short, basically <laughs> a, a record deal is a bank loan. Mm-hmm. So the record, you get this record deal. Yeah, yeah, Here's yeah. a million dollars. Your <laughs> album costs a million dollars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now you have to tour. You're not getting paid for the tour because it's a promotional tour. So we're going to take that. So now you owe ten thousand oh. dollars for that promotional tour. Da da da. Goes down the drain. Down the drain. Anyways. Um, so did that for three years, then went back to Canada and then started doing musicals again. So I did three years with Mamma Mia in Canada. I did three years with Mary Poppins on Broadway mm-hmm. and I did three years touring with Wicked and then um, went to Canada for the last thing. But, but by the end of the 10 years of like doing long running shows, I was like, I don't know, I'm feeling really tired. I'm feeling like I'm not telling my story. I feel like I'm not reaching my potential. I feel like... And, you, you know, maybe this is complaining and maybe this is me being... I, I don't feel like a victim at all, but, mm-hmm. like, I think there is also a, a ceiling for Broadway of how far Asian Americans can go, and I definitely hit it. Mm-hmm. I got in that Broadway gig. I debuted on Broadway in a major musical. Um, I was going to just move sideways forever. I looked at my Asian American counterparts and actors, and I just saw them all going from chorus show to chorus show and then maybe getting a lead but then going back to a chorus and I remember I I did a reading one of my last jobs in New York was I did a reading of a new Asian American musical written by white people um, <laughs> and I was sitting in the ensemble like with these Broadway stars Asian American Broadway stars that starred on Broadway and we were all in the chorus none of us were leads these people had starred in Miss Saigon you know mm-hmm. and like the king and I and like yeah. what they could star so there's a limit to what I could do and I just saw myself and even people that are like since I've removed myself people that were kind of 
I don't consider them competition. We were never competition, but we were getting kind of the same roles. Mm-hmm. They're just moving sideways and they're content with it. And you can be, but I just wasn't because for me, I had never told my story and I'd never explored my story. And so that really bothered me. And so when I think about Hollywood now from the other side and Broadway, I just think we are so carefully creating these stories and we're so used to that. And that's why Netflix is amazing because mm-hmm. those shows, it's like there is still a little bit of tinkering, but um, people are being able to tell their story yeah. and for it to be authentic. And then you go and you watch an ABC show. Yeah. And you just like compare and contrast. Right. And that ABC show that has been through panel discussions and has had five like different rewrites and focus and, yeah. groups. And you just see this like palatable, like, and it's boring. <laughs> We're, I think we in the entertainment industry is craving something different because of Netflix, because of Hulu, because of even FX, which is, is a TV yeah. channel, but not right. an internet channel. But FX was, I think, was really the one that started it with like Louis C.K.'s show and yeah. like, Atlanta um, last season. Atlanta. Yeah, it What's the, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. Like that yeah, would yeah. never have made it on any network right. ever. And so for me, that's what my comedy is. I, you know, I was a songwriter because of the boy band. And then I have experience as a musical theater performer. Yeah. And I think the best parody is somebody who actually knows it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like you right. go exactly. see some parody musicals in LA from people who are just improvers and, and uh, I, I mean, for me, it's really hard to watch because I'm like, you need to sing on key at <laughs> least, at least you can't yeah. just because it desecrates like what people work for their entire lives. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so and so going on to the the gay pride thing and stuff, because I am a homosexual. I don't know. You can't <laughs> hear that on the, on the podcast. You're I don't what? know. If I am gay. Um, there's a is the gay is the straight filter on the podcast because you have to turn it. Hello, girls. Um, no, that was so I don't think there is. is there? Rude. <laughs> I but, knew um, we had this option. Yeah. <laughs> Switch it off. Um, no, I feel like that is a big thing to you know both the Asian and the gay. <laughs> both the Asian <laughs> and the gay. Um, there's stories that it's rare that it's an authentic telling. Right. And so for me, I. I just said, and especially because of the boy band, because the boy band, you know, and I talk about this a lot. I've talked about this a lot in the past, but one of the big stories of, of that came out of it was that it wasn't really homophobic environment. And I wasn't uh-huh. out of the closet yet because I was, was still a teenager. Okay. But it was it was a very homophobic environment. And they identified that I was probably gay. And they had a really big problem with it. So they basically... Like very, like in a very professional way, they brought me into their offices and they sat me down. And they were like, "Kevin, you're too flamboyant. Like you're coming off as gay, and this is a boy band, and we need to fix this. So we're gonna teach you like how to act more straight." So they told me how to talk more straight. They dressed me more straight. They told me, and this is this is true. It's it's so ridiculous when oh I recount it. Was like, <laughs> but isn't this such a '90s story? Like, it's very of course, 90s, it's so yeah. like everything is so marketing and yada yada yada. Yeah. Yeah. But they even said that I walked gay. So they taught me how to walk straight. And that we would go to the grocery store and like Ralph's and they would be like, now walk like this down the aisle. And like, wow. And it, and so that really after, and I can't remember my life before that. I can't remember how I spoke before that. Mm. I can't remember how 
I was free before that. But I remember being a really weird person. And I am a weird person. <laughs> but after that experience, I became a very muted person. Oh. And I became, oh. I learned how to manipulate um, myself to fit into whatever role yeah. I needed to fit into, which is what most actors have to do. But, but my theory now, getting older, <laughs> is that I can't do that anymore because I ruined a big chunk of my life. I didn't live my life to the fullest that I lived it. And so now with what I'm creating, even though it's so hard, and I can't even tell you, and again, (laughs) I'm not victimizing myself, but there are so many locked doors Mm. because I'm Asian, because Mm -hmm. I'm gay, because I'm doing music in comedy, which is looked down upon, um, and because I... I'm just trying to do something that's my own voice and and that people that's harder. It's just harder. Yeah, it's right. just going to be harder. Right. Um but I've never been happier on the stage ever than when I go on and I you sing about being gay. You see that. It's exactly <laughs> why. It was so amazing. But can but the problem with it is if I was to say there's a problem is can you write down that? And can you pitch that to a comedy room? Not really. You have to go and show them. But how do you get through the door to go and show them? And right. that's where I've yeah. been stuck. Right. I mean, I, f- I feel like especially in comedy, which is why what Will's doing is so amazing, is because creating this not only a community for Asian American comedy, but like this platform for people to uh, to express their talents. Yeah, exactly. When when I think about Asian as fuck, when I think about comedy, comedy, and it's something that I'd never knew before, like two years ago, yeah. even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, I really do think it's the community needs to create it. Yeah. And that's why for me personally, I'm like, I needed to create it for myself. Yeah. And now I need a stage to showcase it. And yeah, these, the, I think the community is starting to be really strong here in Los Angeles and maybe New York because it did sell out in oh, a day. super yeah. momentum going on, which is... We've always been consumers of all this art that doesn't, that like we love, that's hilarious, but never represented us. Now we have something that we right. both love and represent, represents us. That's something that, it's one of those, you never know you want, you're missing something until you like you see it right yeah like i never knew i was missing pizza until i ate pizza for the first time as a seven-year-old or something you know like no yeah (laughs) you know but here's the thing and i think this is the journey that we're on with this momentum of the whatever is causing the urgency or the fearlessness or the courage right to like Mm. take the risks to write the jokes to get on the stage to be funny to show it off where we can and how we can with whom we can and then it's that's happening simultaneously while also the the like ignorant bias that is very again we don't know to what level of consciousness people have of their own aware self awareness of racism or bias right mm-hmm. but that is in its own way being broken down right so you have these forces that are happening in tandem at different rates different intensities different locations but that's why i think we're headed towards Asians on SNL you know what have you because on this side we're like creating this powerful movement of artistry and self-development technical skills all of that and then we're also uniting on this front because we know what we're up against and then on this side it's like i don't know i'm very like meta like big picture of like visualizing Mm. what's happening on either side of this like wall that we have but I think there's a lot of people who are increasingly open. And the thing is, all these other elements like Hulu and Netflix 
once you see real and you get you get your like you taste for that back. you can't go you back can't go back you know what I'm saying so it's like yeah. it's kind of like that's people who those, cling on yeah. a VHS like let it go <laughs> no that's why all forward. those NBC shows are failing they do like one season but it's because you're overdoing it you're overdoing it and find one writer and one voice and stick with the one I really believe in that mm-hmm. because like I don't I, I personally don't work by group like especially with my songs like I produce my own stuff I write the lyrics and maybe there's a fault to that and there's definitely been times when I've failed there's definitely been times when I'm like this song doesn't work and I have to throw it out and I've worked like for 20 hours on this song (laughs) and I'm just now going to throw it out but it really clarifies the voice but when you're always relying on other people and by creating by like um, just a group of people I think it's wrong now I, I don't know yeah. I get that filmmaking is collaborative, but it gets really boring. <laughs> and music too, like all the, this whole... Well, yeah, you know, music, when I was, well, I, and I think it's probably very similar now, like the songs that we sung started with a track, not a melody. Mm-hmm. And then a songwriter would come in and be like, love love oh oh love oh there and then another writer would come in and be like because i like it because i like it you know and that's how a song would be written and that's yeah. like how a justin as we this here. is like copyright, copyright. 2017. <laughs> but that's how like you know Don't justin bieber songs are written it's like it, it starts with a track by diplo or whatever and then yeah. like you know some songwriter comes and writes like a thing over it and like you know <laughs> and it's great i mean yeah. but i think music will change too like it is changing yeah. yeah you know and i'm not even like fully in it but you you, you can see you can hear the change yeah it's changing for sure i'm sorry i can't get over the fact that people are coaching you how to walk in ralph like, <laughs> i just can't well and it did and i think about it now because i'm now in my 30s and i feel like it took me a long time to get here and i remember like being so scared of stand up and improv before I ever did it mm-hmm. because I didn't know what my voice would sound like coming out. <laughs> and I mean, yeah. even when I was doing musical theater, it was like Mary Poppins is a very legit musical theater, but music has very legit musical theater. But my voice, as you've heard, mm-hmm. is not legit musical theater. It's a pop voice, it's a mm-hmm. pop singer's voice. But I changed it. I changed it so that I could have that job for three years and support myself and feed myself and live. And it just, it, so when I think back on that time of, you know, the three years that I was in that band, it, it muted me. Yeah. I had no voice after that. I mean, you know, figuratively, <laughs> but, um, and then I learned that I needed to change myself to make everyone hire me. Mm. And now I'm on the opposite spectrum where <laughs> I'm just trying to be hired for who I am. And that was the theory is like, can I just be my authentic voice? Can I write the songs that I want to write? Can I talk about the things I want to talk about and get paid and feed myself and have a successful career? And the answer is no right now. <laughs> Hopefully we'll change. Journey, this, this is the journey. Is the journey. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like it's happening super slowly, but people are more and more... Um, hungry for those unique voices and i think it goes back to even in within writing rooms like you can tell which ones have like more diverse voices than the ones that are all just like white dudes right right and what is diversity too like when i go like okay what are these diversity programs who are you hiring you're hiring i remember this my my one friend audition and and on the casting call it it said 
um, uh, gently ethnic. Looking for gently <laughs> ethnic. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Gen- and it was like a major TV show, and that's what it gently. said. But the thing was that it clicked in my mind. I was like, of course, that's what you know, ABC or NBC or Fox is looking for. Gently ethnic. They don't yeah. want too ethnic. They just and they don't want. They just want that friendly mix of that that's palatable for America. Yeah. And so when light I ethnic. light <laughs> ethnic, like Eth- not too, ethnic. not too Chinese. You know, like oh, that would be bad. And so like. That's what we need to change yeah. too. Like, we, but because even the diversity programs, and when you see like who gets chosen for like whatever diversity, yada yada yada. I don't really apply, so I can't really <laughs> like say that I'm mad about it. But like, I when I see those kind of showcases, I'm like, I get why you hired all these or why you picked these people because they're your asexual one-liners yeah. on your sitcom and that's how you guys are going to utilize them and that's why you think that they are diverse and yeah. that's going to make your program diverse. I feel like that is that goes into this new kind of we're, we're entering this new new phase I guess of what diversity in media means and you know before it used to be oh there's like one Asian person in this ensemble cast right? and now it's like I want one or more of those Asian people I want them to have substantial roles and personality Diversity is there now, but now we want inclusion. Now we want to be like... Well, yeah, true representation as opposed to just like visual... Just seeing ourselves isn't enough anymore. Now we want like them to also be like, if not the hero of the story, heroes of their own stories within like the... But that's when I say like diversity is in like that whole thing that people keep on saying to me and yeah. especially like my white friends saying, and of course, <laughs> the, uh, this, yeah, I just feel like they keep on saying, I keep on hearing, uh, you, oh, you'll do so well out there because they're only looking for diversity it's and the worst nobody. time to be a white actor yeah. in, in Hollywood. And I'm like, lies, 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 lies. Because you know how I got my first agent? You know what my first agent said to me when I was six years old? <laughs> diversity is in. Yeah. I'm 34. So <laughs> we get, six, it was they said that? Yeah. So you can't say so I have this lifelong vision of diversity is in diversity is in and I'm not saying I haven't done well, but I've done well in a very like specific, specific way. way. Yeah. I've been the chorus boy. I've not been the lead. I there is yeah. no on Broadway there is no growth that I saw. Yeah. Cuz diversity's become the this checkbox. Yeah, this yes. become this HR it's this HR term for like checking checking out to make sure you're like you're you're doing what you're supposed to do in the modern society. Like, yeah, right. yeah. But I, I, I really am inspired by what you do. And just Thank FYI, you. like knowing, watching all of the things unfold the way that they have within our, the network that we have, the community, more than network, but it's like a community. <laughs> but we really do support each other. And that, yes. that authentic support has been growing too. Because mm-hmm. before there has been times, let's just call it out, it's, it's for power plays and leverage and for numbers and for optics and it's for a lot of other reasons that are not invalid but right now i feel like there's a true coming together Mm -hmm. and there's still all the other things that i just said it's still there but there's a lot more genuine authentic support of you know what if you rise i rise we rise together this is going to do something significant that's larger than myself and Mm -hmm. in the in in that i will also benefit too Right. Yeah, and that's and, why we all have to. Yeah, we have to. The the and we were talking about this a little bit before we started about like 
there are people that are like, well, I don't want to be a part of the yeah, Asian community because like I that means the Asian thing. I don't do the Asian thing because you know then doesn't that defeat the purpose and like we should be colorblind and yada yada yada. And I'm like, so then we have to have these conversations too and kind of because I I mean I wasn't ignorant to this fact, but because I had been that solo person getting through that door, mm-hmm. like for Mary Poppins, I was the Asian guy. You know, for Wicked, I was the Asian track. You know, like the, mm-hmm. the Asian guy left, so I got that track. You know, um, so I've been alone this entire time and it's very lonely Mm. so even as a comedian as i was starting i was doing a lot of you know i do a lot of colleges and stuff like that um i do a lot of comedy festivals i don't see other asian comics and so i really felt and i really thought in my ignorance that i was the only one (laughs) i was like i guess i must be the only one and what changed my mind was uh, you know, I heard about comedy comedy and then I met Atsuko and I met Jenny and they asked me to be a part of the festival. And that first night I was like, I don't even know what to say because there is not only are you selling out this entire festival. So it's profitable. You have amazing Asian talent. So both of those things are a lie that like, you know, there aren't good, there isn't good Asian talent and that we're not marketable and profitable. That's a lie. And so my perspective really has changed and, and, and now I go to festivals still. And I, I think I probably said this yesterday or I was talking (laughs) to somebody about it, but I, I go to festivals and I am still the only Asian person. And I usually say something. I'm like, how do we get more Asian? How do I get my friends? Cause I know that they submit too. Yeah. You know, and that's one of the big uh, discussions, I think, with Comedy Comedy was that they started it because a lot of Asian Americans weren't getting into those comedy festivals. And why was I the one getting in? I'm glad that I am, mm-hmm. because then I can maybe open doors in a way. Yeah. Good for you. I think other people by, like, might talking. not have that same attitude for their own reasons. They're going to be like, well, I got in. I should be, I'm like grateful that I got in, but doesn't mean that I'm going to keep the door open because this might be the only role. And if this is the only role, then I got to have, you know what I'm saying? Some right. For their reasons are not going to keep that door open and reach back. Exactly. And I think that's like, if I can put this into some kind of analysis, like <laughs> we can all go in the doors one by one. Right. We can all creep in one by <laughs> one, yeah. but it's not going to change. You're always going to have a ceiling then we're always only going to be the side characters we're only going to be the chorus boys it's when we come in together as a community that we can all like get the leading roles you know what I mean until then if we just go in one by one it's going to be the same since I was six it's been the same since I was six because that's what we're seeing especially within I mean I see this in the LA Asian American community because that's where I am that's where we are but we have we see we have friends who are all across the spectrum, we have performers, writers, directors, producers, all coming up at the same time. The only way, like, to really change the system is to be in the system, be be part of those, you know, um, those rooms where, like, if you're the writer of a show and the producer says, "Well, can we cast this other, like, this white dude?" It's like, no, because I wrote for an Asian guy or I wrote for a right also guy. Yeah, I mean, I think about Tyler Perry a lot because I don't understand his work at all. I don't like his work. I don't watch it. I I don't like it. I don't even like the quality of it. But that he created and changed, you know, like yeah. art for his community is amazing. And so many people come out of it. We wouldn't have, like, Empire. Right. You know, we wouldn't have, like, other things because he took the risk and he created the community and the community became self-sufficient and marketable 
and the talent was created. So like, we're, if we talk about like not having enough talent, like there's not enough work. Yeah. So wh- how are we building enough talent if there's not enough work and people don't see it? And it's just a cycle. We're in the cycle. I mean, that's know? the truth. I mean, we can say that Will Choi is doing the same kind of the same thing because people come out, yeah. like people come out for his shows, and it's it's kind of the same thing with like with the Tyler Perry. It's like the community has decided we will support this. Yes. Right. And they support it no matter what. Yeah. They don't right. even go to the movies, but they buy the ticket. I hear this so right. much. Like, yeah. they're like, I don't even watch it, but I'm going to support yeah. the movie. That's why it sells out. Yeah. 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 And, and, and the show is not a, is, is a different show every Yeah. Although World Choice is way, not to say way better, but it's Well, we want people to also come good. out physically, yeah. too. It's not just, just yeah. dollars, but it's... <laughs> right, right, right. Because the work that's being done by the artist is to create something that will connect us in an authentic way. It's not just this... Because I sometimes I get I get a little bit uh, turned off by strictly talking about numbers and power and all that. It's I mean, for me, the real reason why any of us are doing this because it's not a particularly stable or profitable journey or career. It's because there's something true and authentic we're trying to share. Like this is right. like life stories. This is like something that we believe if we share and are vulnerable and real, that it will unite people, create empathy um, emotionally provide catharsis for people, enlighten you, educate you, a lot of other things that are in addition to being profitable so that I can also pay for my rent and eat. Mm -hmm. All those things are important, right? But it's all those things, man. Like, they go hand in hand. So if you yeah. if you benefit off the art and you feel like this this kindredness with like artists who take that risk to go share their art, to create something, to write something, to act in it, to put it on a stage, pay for it, mm-hmm. <laughs> show up, it all goes hand in hand and it will like create more opportunities yeah. for others to also do you know share <laughs> Well this is things. like this is a really cheesy story, but um I, I, I this is I mean uh fresh off the boat is fresh off the boat. Mm-hmm. It's what it is. It is an ABC show. Um, And, you know, I think that some people connect to it. Sometimes, like, I I watch it all the time Mm -hmm. because I I love it. But my mom's like, it doesn't represent me. And I'm like, because you're Canadian. Like, I don't know. (laughs) It totally represents you. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, But there was... I... uh, Do you guys get the Asian glow? We probably talked about it. I get the Asian glow. And, but I've been drinking my entire, you know, since I was 18, Canada, we can drink yeah. when we're 18. Um, and, um, and, but I always got the Asian glow. I always felt sick. I always felt, you know, gross. And then recently, even as I've come into my thirties, I now get hives. So I, mm. I've realized that I allergic, but still drinking. But then <laughs> the fresh off the boat episode that recently happened where they talked about them being allergic <clears throat> was the first time I'd ever heard that. I mean, I knew about the Asian glow yeah. kind of just as a funny thing. Yeah, we all know it. But I didn't know. That was the first time I acknowledged that I was actually like killing myself really? because I was having an allergic reaction. And I stopped basically after that episode. Wow. But isn't that weird that like representation <laughs> can actually like change save lives? Save wow. lives. Public health, what? I have a, I have a good <laughs> right? friend from high school who 
knew he was allergic, but we kept trying different types of alcohol to right. see if like certain ones don't same give hives. Me. Yeah, same they all me. do. They all do. Yeah, is yeah. there a workaround here? <laughs> and it's like you see your friends and they're just drinking anything and they're yeah. having a good time. And they're like on their twentieth drink, and you're like, um, I've had one, and I'm like gonna die. I'm gonna die. I <laughs> have hives. And Forty-five I'm red. minutes. I'm gonna be gone. So guys. there you go. Fresh off the boat, saving lives. Saving lives, but representation is really important, and yeah. it is such a you know like um very generic representation i think but i you know i see reflections of my mom and that mom even though they're totally different but (laughs) maybe it's i'm just like really trying to find the connection but also i just don't care because i want that show to succeed yeah and i think we should all have that kind of feeling we shouldn't be like my mom who's like that doesn't represent me okay well what show does mom (laughs) what show does there's no other show on tv Keep supporting this and then more will come yeah your your representation will come yeah the canadian well we have kim's convenience yeah have you seen that i want to watch that i like it um it might not pass minji's authenticity test though because the older brother is played by a chinese dude see me right yeah yeah oh is he and I have a Korean big brother, so yeah, I'm definitely not going to... She was able to pick that out right from the trailer. Really? Like, that guy's not Korean. He doesn't oh. look Chinese, though. Hmm? Is oh, he Chinese? Korean yeah. males are very specific, you know? <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> but he's a good-looking Asian. Yeah. Well, that's the same, like, crazy rich Asians is, like, very specific in the book, but mm-hmm. their casting is not specific oh, yeah. at all. Yeah. They're just... And I was like, oh, they're going to be really authentic, and they're like, nope, just the stars. I think they're close enough. Asian stars. They're- no, they're not. <laughs> Asian stars, Asian stars, Asian stars. I'm going to start book two soon. Oh, <laughs> nice. yeah, it's good. There's a book three now, I saw. I saw. Yeah, it just came out. But well, it's on hardcover. I don't like to buy that mm. i like to wait till it's in like well you got some time yeah got a year and on that note i guess we're gonna call it a podcast kevin hey. thanks so much for joining us thanks, thanks for, for having me yeah. you have your class i'll keep checking the thing i was like oh is it yoga time yeah, yeah, oh my gosh yoga. all right yoga. um really quickly if people want to find your hilarious videos Aww. where can they go uh my website is kevinyee.com and then i'm on all social media platforms as at kevinyee.com, but you have to spell the D-O-T-C-O-M. Nice. Which is so annoying that I have to keep saying that. But it was really <laughs> cool when I like set it up that way. I, I get it. It's a great joke. Yeah, <laughs> but it's not in reality. Um, as always, you can email us at the podcast at podcast at collaboration.org if you have any feedback, questions, or just nice messages for us. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever podcasts are found through our rss feeds um, please leave us a rating and review if you do listen to us on itunes and special thanks to saint lennox for use of his song for this month's intro and outro thank you guys for joining thanks for listening we'll see y'all next week bye bye <laughs>